Today I'm back in the studio with Ramona Stillwagon, daughter of change, inspirational speaker, and advocate for women who have experienced trauma, abuse, and incarceration. Ramona is a survivor of childhood sexual abuse and domestic violence. She strives to create an environment where exploitation of children and domestic violence are not tolerated. Like so many young girls who have experienced sexual abuse, Ramona found herself involved in the juvenile justice system and then the Department of Corrections at the age of 27. Discovering her voice later in life, Ramona took a stance against the constant rejection after leaving the Department of Corrections and started helping others re-enter successfully after incarceration. Ramona's story of transformation and redemption started with her commitment to say yes to healing. Her mission is to empower women to live their best lives after incarceration, abuse, and trauma. Through various platforms such as women's ministries, women's groups, panels, and conferences, Ramona inspires women to step outside of their comfort zones and do that thing they really love, the very thing they were told they could not do. Welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. My name is Marie Sola, and I'm a firm believer that women and girls play a major role in creating change for our future. This podcast tells the stories of the women and girls who are creating that change, each in their own unique way. Every day is an opportunity to blaze new trails and set positive change in motion. The possibilities are endless. Let's get started. Ramona Stillwagon, welcome to the Daughters of Change podcast. I'm so glad that you're back. Glad that you're here visiting. Thank you for having me. I love it. I love it. I love having you here. I'm so glad. We have a lot of really good things to talk about. Um, And yeah, we have to catch up. We have new things that you're doing. We're going to pick back up and see what's going on with Unchained. But for some people, this might be the first time that they're tuning in. So they may not know the fabulous, fantastic Ramona Stillwagon yet. I don't understand how that could be a possibility, <laughs> but just in case. <laughs> so I I read your bio, you know, and we talked a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. But tell us something about yourself that others would be surprised to know. Oh, my gosh. Well, um, in my past life, I was a convicted felon single mom at 22 of four children. Um, I've been homeless, um, married twice. I'm on my second marriage, which is definitely sent by God. First marriage, abusive. Um, I was uh, sexually abused as a child, um, physically abused as a child and as an adult. And nobody would ever know that by seeing the big smile that you carry around on your face. And, you know, we've talked about that before. And you're just, you glow, you glow. Like your energy is positive and infectious. Um, and 
it, I probably shouldn't say infectious in this day and age. God knows we gotta be so I mean that in a good I mean that in a good way. Like you don't need a mask because of her smile or her personality. No. But it's just a a big old positive like energy coming at you when you see Ramona. So I just yeah, and I, I, I can see her beautiful face right now while we're talking, although it's just audio for the podcast, but um, that is something I think that people would be really surprised to know. And, you know, we'll talk more about your journey as we get into the podcast. But one of the things that I mentioned in the intro was that you found your voice later in life. And so I want to ask you a couple of things about that. First, like, what do you mean about that? What was that moment when you found your voice? But then also, after that, what led you to decide you were going to speak up for other women? When I found my voice, it was one, you get to that place where um, you'll feel the tugging. It's like, you know, that you've been hiding behind this mask for a long time. Like we constantly as people, and it's natural, especially as women, because we wear so many masks. Um, we're constantly hiding behind something, the, the image that someone else has created for us. And we get lost in that and lose sight of ourselves. And we take all of these emotions, the hurt, the pain, and everything that we've tried to cover up all of the, for all of these years, and we hide behind them. And it's that very thing that keeps us in bondage. It keeps us in chains. And so um, on this great day, um, I just kept feeling that tug to get that weight off me, to get that, that to, to break those chains loose, to kind of be free from that thing. And it was to tell my story. And I came out on uh, television and told my story of being incarcerated. And that was the most freeing and liberating feeling that I ever felt in my life because I didn't have to hide anymore. And, you know, for a moment, I was embarrassed. So I'm not going to say that I wasn't. So for that moment, I was embarrassed. But once you said it, once I said it, it's like you can't take it back. And the beauty of all of that was once it was out there and I couldn't take it back, now I just needed to walk in my truth. And that's when I created Unchained. That's when I decided that I was going to be a voice for the voiceless, that I was going to encourage women to live their very best lives and be the very best versions of themselves by speaking up, by telling the truth, by sharing your truth, by allowing yourself to be free from all those chains. And the chains, the, the, I feel it's the links of the hurt, the shame, and the pain that you've constantly kept bottled up inside of you, hiding from people, wearing those masks, putting on that really nice facade, covering up with the makeup. Um, I feel that all of those links are are the things that were broken. And those were the things that were broken for me on that day because there was no turning back. You could not. And it was live. It was not like it was pre-recorded. We couldn't go back and edit. And I actually paused in the middle of it. I was like, wait a minute. I just told my story on national TV. Like, and he just looked at me and he was like, yeah. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. And I was like, well, can't turn back now. And we just kept going. And I didn't have to hide anymore. Like, I did not have to pretend to be this person that they created for me. I didn't have to pretend to be the person that they wanted me to be anymore. Now I don't have to worry about if somebody's going to know my deep, dark secret and tell my secret. And I have to walk around looking over my shoulders or wondering if somebody knows my past. No, here it is. 
here it is. Here is my past. Now embrace where I am in my present and respect me as I move through in the future. Like this is it. This is me. And nobody can take that away. And so that's why I wanted to be the voice and develop this platform and have a place, a safe place for women to do the same thing. Tell their truth, share their truth. And even if their truth never makes it past um, a conversation between them and I, it still means they were able to be free. They were able to release something because it's not a matter of where you're releasing it. It's a matter of, are you going to release it at all? Like, let's get that thing out and not hold it in. Yeah, 100%. And I I imagine that it was probably um, so helpful for other women who have been in your position or have other things that they feel that they don't want to talk about or or carry, um, you know, shame that they shouldn't be carrying. The other thing that you say is that, you know, when you said yes to healing is when things started working. So, you know, from the outside looking in, it, it, it kind of feels like that was your start to healing was was saying, hey, this is my truth, right? Yeah, that's it. Because in order, you, you think about it, if you don't speak up or say something, like if somebody hurts you and you're in pain, the first thing you do is like, ow, you, you say something. Um, and that's acknowledging that something hurt you. Um, and that's the same thing we have to do in order to to get to a place of healing. You have to acknowledge that you've been hurt. You've got to acknowledge that there is a problem. And that was my start to healing. I had to acknowledge that the thing that was keeping me and hurting me was the very thing that I was keeping in. It was the thing I wasn't opening my mouth and saying anything about. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And, and it's hard to do. I mean, that's, it's not like it's easy to do that. It's not like you get, you know, getting out there and go, you know, my hair isn't really blonde. You know I mean? You're coming up with like, it's a, it's a personal thing. Right. And, yeah. and your mission your mission is to empower other women, you know, in yeah. so many areas, but you really want them to live their best lives after um, incarceration, abuse, and trauma. And so why is that so important to you? Because if you start to work on one, you'll start to understand why you ended up in the other. So a lot of times your your childhood trauma the trauma that you've dealt with in your adolescent, teen, and adult years um, is the very thing that places you incarcerate in, in, in behind bars. It's the very thing that um, puts you, whether it be a physical prison or in a personal prison, it's it's those things that lead you there. So when a woman can feel free from those things, when we start to deal with the traumas, when we start to deal with those hurts, that shame, that pain, when we start to walk into a forgiveness of forgiving ourselves, when we start to forgive our abusers, when we start to accept forgiveness from others, it brings us to that place where we can find healing, where we can have a moment to really just breathe, exhale, and and move on to the next chapter of our lives. You can't take a next step until you've actually made a, made a step to take the next step if that makes sense yeah it absolutely makes sense it's it's baby steps right like you it's not like you're going to just jump into your truth yeah. you know from from where you're you're beginning exactly and yeah uh, yeah it makes it makes so much sense and i 
I just want to, for one second, for people that maybe didn't hear the first podcast, and by the way, you can go back and listen to it. Um, it's it's on the Daughters of Change podcast. And I'll, it was in 2018 or 19 that we did 19? it. I think it was 2019. Yeah, it's called Unchained. And that's the title of the podcast. And the reason it, that one was called Unchained is because that is the name of Ramona's nonprofit that she has created. And so, Ramona, just for people that may not have heard that, can you give an overview of Unchained, what the purpose of Unchained is, and why you decided to start it? Absolutely. So Unchained is a reentry success organization. It's dedicated to women who have been incarcerated um, who would like to reenter successfully. But over time, I've learned that it's not just women that have been behind bars. It's also women who are personally incarcerated, who are personally imprisoned. And I wanted to expand what Unchained was so that it can be a platform where women can find a place to heal, where they can find a sisterhood of women who will rally together and stand in the gap with them and to believe and trust and and walk with them down this journey of healing. Because it's even though there are there are times and there are places where you will do this, you know, where you would think you would be alone. um, There's also that time when you need that sisterhood. Right. You need that person that's going to be there and that's going to say, you know, girl, today may not have been your best day, but come on, I got you. Like, let's keep going. We're going to push through this thing because you need an accountability partner. You need somebody that's going to sit there and say, hey, wait a minute. Two down days isn't going to work like you can be you can you can have your feelings. You can be in that place, but you can't stay in that place. You know, you're going to need that sisterhood to going to bring you up. So Unchained has also expanded to be the platform to do that to stand in the gap for these ladies, to walk with them, to pray with them, to believe with them, to trust with them. And not only that, so that they can see, like, I'm in no shape or form perfect at all. However, I serve a perfect God. And I serve a God that is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above and beyond everything that I could possibly imagine. So when I am able to share my story and give someone hope of what God is able to do, Because everything that has happened to me in my life, whether it be from childhood to my adolescent years, to being a teenager, to being a a young adult, to an adult, each stage of my life taught me something. And even as an adult today, my, you know, adolescent years that I can think back and remember all of those things were moments where I was still able to learn something from them. Even when I didn't understand it, I learned something from them. So when I can share my story with other women, we can empower each other to realize though these things may have hurt us, they did not break us. So we can learn from each other and it gives them a sense of hope to believe I may have been here, but you know, God, if you took her. If you took this young lady, if you took Ramona and and turned her life around and you gave her a vision and you've placed her in, a, in a, a space in life where she's able to help and empower others, God, I want to be that vessel too. Like use me too. And I want I want women to see that you can be used as well. There is no one that is greater to do the task that's placed before you than you. Because each one of us have our own individual assignments. And though we may do the same thing and we may have gone through the same thing, our assignments are going to be very different. We're going to be able to do um, 
one thing that someone may not have been able to do. And we're going to put those two things together and we're going to be a force that that's just going to be unbreakable. That's going to be unbearable. So it's, it's, it's an opportunity for women to really bond together, to build those relationships because you can, two is stronger than one and we can conquer this thing together. And I just want them to know I'm going to war in these trenches with you. Like you're not going to be by yourself. I I firmly believe that each day that I spent in the Department of Corrections was an opportunity for me to learn, to grow, and to pour into someone else. Because if those women are broken and they're hurting, and they're women that are hurting, but I was a woman that was hurting too. And if that was the place that I needed to be just so that I can be still and, and acknowledge and rest in that place, rest in that peace, because sometimes it's more chaos on the outside than the inside, right? Um, when you have an opportunity to just rest in that and be silent and be still for a minute, it allows you to think more clearly. And it allows you to birth new things inside of you and actually allow the things that have been longing to come out to actually be exposed. And that's what Unchained is. Unchained is just that. It's women being unchained. It's a woman unchained, a woman free from the things that have kept her bound, a woman that has taken off the mask, who's unveiled that person that that she used to be to be this magnificent woman that she is today. It's that woman that destined to be that queen, that leader, that champion who triumphs over everything that is placed before her. That's what she is. Her beauty, it magnifies, you know, the room that she walks in, people are drawn to her. Those are the women that Unchained builds. Those are the women that we empower. That's the fire that we ignite. Oh, I'm here, like I'm hanging off the ceiling. I'm like, tell it, Ramona. <laughs> I'm like, I, I am just, it's, I, I'm like, if you could see my face, I'm like, oh my, ah, yeah, Ramona, you can see me. I'm here going, yeah, oh my God, it's, it's true though. It's so true. It's mm-hmm. that collaboration. It's bringing women together, bringing women together of like mind who've been through the same thing, you know, and, ah, and I love that you've expanded your platform for Unchained, you know, and I, you know, obviously it's still, you help people with reentry, but something that you said and I think maybe we talked about this on the first podcast, but just for people to understand the really the dynamics of this. So, so many women that are incarcerated, it's like huge percentages have been abused mm-hmm. or from domestic violence situations. I mean, it all kind of, it adds up. It leads. So this is, you it's need a to address all. Yeah, you need to address all of this. And I love that you're doing that. You've got to get into the root of this thing. You know, if if you don't start healing from the inside and and you start to try and focus on the outside, that's only going to be temporary because what's in you is going to come out of you, right? So when you start to heal from the inside and you start to deal with those demons, you start to deal with those things, like the things I'm talking about, the ones that make you ugly cry. That make you get up in the middle of the night and you can't rest. You toss and you turn. Those things that make you feel like your whole world is coming to an end, you've got to deal with those things because those things are the root. Those things are the things that are going to make you get to that place where I'm finally feeling healed once you start to deal with those things. And a lot of women that are in prison, they are dealing with those things. And what's so amazing about like my relationship with God and what I know he is able to do when you're in a very small space and your mind is constantly going, like 
just think about lock yourself in a closet if you needed a demonstration and have someone holding the door where you cannot get out because once they shut those steel doors and you're in your room, that's it. And have someone shut that door and and think about how your mind races, right? And the way he kept my mind just stable, stayed on him to even focus, to have the mindset of changing my lifestyle, dealing with my hurt, dealing with my pain, dealing with my trauma, like, Imagine being in that space and all of those thoughts, your traumas, your hurts, your pains constantly going through your mind. That could be the thing that would break you. But he allows you and reminds you that you're strong enough because I created you to be strong enough to go through a time such as this. And if you just allow me to bring this full circle to heal you, I will show you how you could heal those around you, how you can heal nations just with your story, though it started out gloomy, though it looked like it was going to break you and it was the worst thing. But that that very thing that we all thought was the worst thing, the very thing that those other women who are still incarcerated or who've been released, that very thing they thought was going to break them was the very thing that was going to cause them to excel. Yeah. That is that is what I hear time and time again from the daughters of change that I talk to, regardless of what the trauma has been, what it is that they've been through. I mean, things that would make, you would think that you would just curl up into a ball if if you went through it, right? Like you're just talking about closing yourself in a room and having somebody hold the door and like really think about that, you know? And every woman that I talk to, every daughter of change has said what you just said, that what they went through even though it was horrific at the time or traumatizing at the time, it has put them on their path to where they are right now. And so when you were just talking about that um, and how God and the universe put you in that place, and and I, I, I just want to actually ask you too, is that um, you, you found your faith when you were incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so just... Because your faith is so important to you and a lot of what you do is like your ministry Mm -hmm. and that must have been so important for you. Like, how did that all happen? Was it gradual? Was it just... I would say from childhood, um, it was gradual. So I knew him, right? But as a kid, like your intentions and everything like that, you were going to get candy if you got on the church bus, you get a bag of candy if you brought a friend. Um, but all that time, like what's it's so crazy because all of that time, it was like he was nurturing me from the beginning. Like he's, his word says he knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. So he was already nurturing me caring for me, loving on me, like all of those times when I was getting on that church bus as a little girl and going to church and being baptized, like as a young girl. And then, cause you'd get more candy then too. And you know, you would think like, if you look back, God, all they did was bribe you with candy for church, but no, that was a way to get you to go, but also be fed the word. You had to be fed the word. And so as you constantly went, it was just giving me bits and pieces because I needed it for that moment. I needed it for that moment on my birthday. When I went to the Department of Corrections, I needed those prayers of long ago. I needed those moments where I remembered, you know, that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, 
you know, and it was like, huh, he did what? You know, what does that mean? Well, I understand because he died on the cross for me. Like he gave his son for me. He gave his life so that I can live. And it was for this moment. And some people think it's just living in this moment and having material things. And all of that was ripped away from me. I had no material things. I barely had canteen. I barely had things that I needed to survive. I had all state issued items. None of those material things mattered. But what he gave me, the life that I lived, was the life where it had a sound mind. I had a sound mind in a place where most people would go crazy. You know, he he took me and placed me in a place where I just needed to be still, where I needed to just listen and be present in the moment with him. Not that I can try and be better than anyone or pray myself out of prison. No, my prayers were more like, God, let me draw me nearer to you. Help me to have a relationship with you. Help me to forgive those that I feel have hurt me. But God also let me see the error in my ways so that I can too change. Let me take responsibility for my actions so that I'm not always walking around with a victim mentality and blaming everyone else for everything that has ever happened to me. Even though it may have been a part that they played, that does not have to be who I am today. So he he focused on building me up to be the woman that I am by making me victorious over the things that I was once victim to. No matter what it looked like back then, he said, I'm going to give you a whole nother playing field. He said, but if you just seek me first and, and you got to seek him first in the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And so I wanted to do that. I wanted to be righteous before him. I wanted to do right by him. I wanted to live according to his will and his ways. I wanted his glory and his light to shine upon me. So I went to every single church service, every service, because I didn't know another way. Like, I can't, I don't know how else to describe a prison cell without saying, have someone hold the door while you're in a closet locked in it and you cannot get out. You have to have a being that's stronger than you that's going to help you through those moments. Because you think so much about what you've done wrong in your past, you don't see the good in yourself. He said, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. He said, I'm made in his image. Like if I'm made in your image, God, I've got to be good. I had to start believing the things that he said about me and not the things that they said about me. So when that day came, I'm telling you, my faith grew. My passion and my love for God grew even deeper because I knew that I wanted to have a deeper relationship with him because there was no other way. Like there was no other way. And even today, as I watch my life unfold, because it's, it's a series of things that happen. Okay, those things happen. I went to prison. Okay, after I went to prison, now I couldn't get an apartment because I had a background. Couldn't keep a job because I had a background. Like, I really struggled to hold on to the things that I had that I needed, that I felt I needed for life, for daily living. And there was a time when I was like, okay, like, I'm doing all of this and I'm still not getting any results. Well, I tell you today, I'm reaping the harvest that he promised me. I'm reaping all of it. And as he continues to build me up and as he continues to elevate me and continues to heal my heart, because I, I don't feel we ever really forget the things we've gone through, but we, we get to a place where we learn how to go through them and know that they won't overtake or empower us. 
So my faith started as a young girl. It was preparing me for the place that I had to be so that I can be the woman I am today. And, you know, for people that don't know, are you still the only female African-American construction supervisor in the state of South Carolina? There is one she owns. I believe she owns the business in Columbia now. Um, I'm not connected to her. I'm not. But she is like she's killing it, I believe. Um, And and I'm proud of her. Have not had a chance to meet her. Um, Oh, she sounds cool. She's she's definitely. but But I mean, that that but that's huge. I mean, you have a very successful career from a point where you got out of prison and you couldn't get a job, you couldn't get an apartment. And so look at where, I mean, you've worked hard and you kept, you kept the faith and look where you are. And, and so it almost sounds like, you know, we were talking a little bit before about, you know, the healing journey. And when you, you know, went on TV and said, Hey, you know, this is my story, but it listening to you now, it sounds like that healing actually started the healing from the hurt you had experienced that part of it started actually when you were incarcerated. Yeah. You learn a lot. Um, you grow up. I put my kids through a lot because it had always been my four kids and me. And when I was gone, that was very different for them. So to see them where they are today, it's it's just amazing to know that when they said, like, I received my GED in prison, uh, high school dropout. Um, they said my kids would be a statistic and dropout. All of my children graduated from high school. Um, I have a college graduate, which is amazing. And uh, I have, actually, all of my kids are doing well. One is in construction, following after his mom, which is really cool um, because it's my son. So I think that's great. Um, I have one that truly found his voice in computers and IT. I think that's super dope. Like, um, I have a daughter that's doing dietitian and one that's a licensed insurance agent. And I'm like... Even when people count you out, right, even when they say that you won't be anything, um, even when they feel that your, your, your children and those who, you, who come behind you, your generations behind you won't amount to the things that they feel they won't amount to, my kids have changed the game. You know, when they told me, you know, oh, you better get married because you have that ready-made family. And and when I came home, I did. I jumped into the first marriage that I, I could possibly get into. The first man that said, I, I wanted you and I do, I did. And that did not work. And even when I felt like I wasn't worthy, you know, God sent me a husband. But even in that process, he's also still teaching me. I don't think you will ever stop learning how to grow and be a wife. And he's giving me a partner to do this life with. And I could not have been more grateful. Like, I'm a very, very lucky and blessed woman. Like, beyond measure. Beyond measure. Um, I went from having absolutely nothing. Struggling. Didn't know how I was going to feed my kids. Had four kids and, and four dollars. That's when McDonald's really had a dollar menu because they don't have one anymore. They've like added digits on it and stuff. I would have to feed them and not feed myself. When we didn't have a home to live in, we would go to the duck pond and I'd go there after I'd pick them up from school and I'd comb their hair just so that they wouldn't. I would hope they didn't realize that we were homeless because when we left the duck pond, we went to sleep in the rest area. I had nowhere to take my children. And now we have a home and we don't have to 
worry about not having vehicles or catching rides or, you know, walking and catching the bus. We all have vehicles. We're all self-sufficient. You know, we're not um, trying to figure out how we're going to make ends meet. You know, he sent me a husband that's a provider. I don't have to always be, um, I'm this independent woman. I don't need anybody. I don't have to be that anymore. God saw how strong I had to be for so long. And he's like, baby, I got you. You don't have to be this strong black woman anymore right now. You you can still be that vessel, but you don't have to, you don't have to put that out there. I sent you someone to help you along the way. And and I'm blessed beyond measure. Everything that I desired, I have today. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it's really, yeah, it's, I, I've got, I'm getting goosebumps, like chills. It's, it, it's a beautiful story. With, I mean, fraught with things that weren't easy. You know, I'm not saying it was easy to get to where you are now, but seeing you now, knowing you, I mean, you know, and, and I, I want to just touch on one thing that you did mention when you were talking about your journey, because I know it was one of the things that you said that you wanted people to understand about and know about. And that is the fact that for people, particularly women um, coming out of incarceration, trying to get into the workforce is so tough. So I I just have a couple of questions about that. There are some unique challenges for women in that situation. What are some of those unique challenges? One, just kind of being a woman. And if you don't have the skills, a lot of times, you know, women who have dealt with things like that, they don't have skills. They don't have the ability to do certain, you know, jobs that are out there, especially once you've come home and your background is so stained. A lot of the things you can get in is like warehousing, um, construction, some industrial jobs. But most of the time, no one wants you sitting in their office, not even answering their phones, you know? Yeah. And it, and it, the jobs, some of those jobs are limited for the fact that you're a woman and, Uh, I know that you help women uh, with that through Unchained. Mm -hmm. What are some of the ways that that you try to help people? And then I I have one other question for you that I think is important too, but I wanted just to ask that. I want people to understand what you're doing with that. Uh, Networking, resume preparation, um, interviewing skills. Uh, We talk about what are your challenges? What are your barriers? Is it a car? Is it daycare? Um, is it just your lack of, of, you know, understanding for certain things? We touch on those. I think it's important that we, we talk about what your barriers are and then we work on a, a plan. We start to formulate an action plan and what that looks like to make your next step so that you can be successful in the workforce. And, you know, I imagine the fact that you're telling these women that and you actually have done it. You're not just like some chick going, Hey, listen, it's going to be okay. Like you, you walked those, you walked that path. You were in those shoes. So I, I imagine just the impact of that. And what do you wish that people out there understood about hiring women after reentry? What do you just want to tell people about that? Like the employers out there. Give them a chance. Give them a chance. And not to make a joke, they probably wish, especially right now during the pandemic, when people don't want to work, they would probably wish they hired a few and kept them. Um, Very loyal, because we realize that we have things to lose. We realize and we understand that, you know, 
someone's given us an opportunity, let's do our best. And I'm not saying everyone out there is going to do that, but give us a chance. Give them a chance. Allow someone to have an opportunity to at least prove themselves. Don't shut the door before you even look at them to say yes. Don't shut the door before you even ask them what their skills are. You may let a huge ass out walk out the door. And once you've crushed their spirits, it's very difficult to to bring them back. You know, quick story. I had uh, an employer. I was actually in school for healthcare and can't work in healthcare here with a felony. And so I was interviewing at this nursing home and she she treated me so poorly. She actually kicked me out and I told her I had a background. And so she pulled it and she told me to get out. And so she walked out of the interview and I was in the interview and another older lady was in there and she was basically praying with me. One, I was embarrassed because she did it in a very distasteful way. And so there was an older woman there and she was like talking to me and telling me, don't, you know, don't give up. Don't get your spirits down. And um, she came back and saw me still in there and she lost it. And I'd never been treated so poorly in my life. And um, I strongly believe if you give someone a chance, because someone gave me a chance and I work hard, I'm dedicated, I'm committed, I'm loyal And I know there are so many other women who have been in my situation and who are the same, loyal, dedicated, and humble. They just need a chance. Amen. Ah, yeah, it's beautiful. I I just wanted to make sure we got that there because that's important. I think it's an important message for people to hear. It is. Yeah. And, you know, and I know that you've expanded things and reentry is part of it. And I, I don't know if this is the exact right word, but I'm calling it your ministry. Like sort of one of your new ministries is called Breathe. And that's part of Unchained, but it's called Breathe. And I know that you just had a really cool event a couple, like last weekend, I think, or the weekend before. So tell tell us about Breathe, because I know Breathe is something that um, we'll be hearing more about and will be taking place in other states besides South Carolina. So yeah, let's let's talk about Breathe. Oh, God, I don't even know where to start. Um, I revealed um, that was a platform that I used to really do just that, breathe. Um, I shared things that um, so many individuals don't know. Um, The setting was phone-free, so there was no recording. Um, You were not allowed to do any live videos. You actually had to put your phone up. There was to be no phones in the no phones at all. The only person that was able to record was the individual that was doing our audio and video. Um, and I purposed like that for a reason. Um, there was rules in the beginning. Put the phones away um, because, like I said, anything that I do, I want it to be a safe place for women, for women to share and to be free and to just breathe. That conference was amazing. From the praise and worship, to the prayers, to the solo, to the outpouring of love and support and the sisterhoods that were formed. Um, It was amazing. It was truly a place to breathe. And the vision that God had given me for that was far beyond what I could have possibly imagined. The amount of women that showed up, um, the amount of women that were touched, the amount of women who allow themselves to be vulnerable in that moment, I thought was everything. 
And I would not trade that for the world. It was beautiful. And I shared things that I know were very intimate, very private. Um, but I also let them see the other side. You can walk through this valley, but boy, when you come through to the other side, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. And so it's like you've created this really, really safe place for women um, that have been through trauma, that have been through sexual abuse, who've been incarcerated, all of these. The, it, and, you know, some things that maybe they don't even really want to yet admit to themselves. I know you'd mm-hmm. mentioned that. So I want to ask you, um, is it hard for women to acknowledge what they've been through in terms of sexual abuse? Definitely. Some people, some just aren't ready. Sometimes we're just not ready. Um, Because a lot of times there are people who are close to us. And when you start to um, expose certain things, you're exposing the people around you as well. And you second guess everything because you don't know if you want to do that. Like if you really want to expose all the people who were involved in your trauma. Yeah. So you stay silent. But you actually talk about finding freedom from within. Is that what you mean when you talk about finding freedom from within? Yeah. That's digging way deep down inside. And um, breathe was for everyone, but it was definitely for me. It gave me another place to let go and let God and to be free. Yeah. So, Ramona, can you find healing through the pain? Yeah, you can. Acknowledging it is number one. You've got to acknowledge that it's there. You've got to acknowledge the hurt. You know, even if it's writing that thing out, um, calling that thing out in your quiet place, acknowledge it and, and acknowledge one by one. Leave no stone unturned. That is the start. And, and you know, you have to, I guess you have to acknowledge it before you can as you said, take those steps on the path, right? Because it's one step mm-hmm. after the other. That's it. And why is forgiveness so important? Because forgiveness is where your healing is. Like, that's it right there. When when you decide to forgive someone for something, because see, forgiveness doesn't always have to be reconciliation. But forgiveness is like, that. that's that icing on the cake. Like, it's not the, the finish line, but it, it's right there. Like, it gives you that dose of what you need to make it through the next step. Like it it takes a load off of you because forgiveness is not just for them. It's for you too. Now, Ramona, I know that you mentioned that you've expanded your vision for Unchained. So just want to make sure. So, so breathe falls under that umbrella, correct? Yes. Yes. All right. So what is your vision for unchained and breathe. I mean, I know things change and grow, but right now, if you could just say, this is my vision, what is it? I would fill stadiums. I would fill civic centers. I want to just, I want to be on the stage and share my story so women could see there is life and hope after trauma. There's hope after abuse. There's, there is a place for you, you know, at the end of all of this, no matter what it looks like, no matter how broken you are, how lost you are, how hurt, there is a place for you. And I want to share that with everyone. I want to share it with the world. Yeah. Well, I see. I, I have that vision. I, I know that you're going to be doing that. So 
that that <laughs> I see your vision clearly. No, seriously, I I feel this happening. I see this in your future. <laughs> I'm here with my with my crystal ball over here. Yeah. Oh, girl, you're, I know you're going to do it. Oh, I know you are. I know this is going to be profound, and I can't wait to ask you this question. But what wise words do you have for the daughters of change out there listening right now? Believe in yourself. Love yourself enough to break free from the things that are keeping you bound. Love yourself enough to say, I will speak up. Love yourself enough to say no and set boundaries where boundaries need to be set. Because once you start to do those things, your life will start to feel more free. You will start to become unchained. When you start to give yourself permission to heal, Give yourself permission to love you just a little bit more than you did yesterday every single day. You will start to feel unchained. You will start to feel those chains breaking. You will start to feel free, empowered. Give yourself permission to say yes to you and no to the things that take you away from being the very best versions of yourself. Allow yourself to heal so that every day you can be the person that you know that you've desired to be. Though we can't change yesterday, we can definitely embrace today and work for a better tomorrow. Your future is all up to you. Wow. Just going to pause for a second to let that sink in. Yeah. All right, Ramona. So this is really important to me, too, for this platform um, for Daughters of Change, because people always ask me how they can help Daughters of Change. And I say, well, you can help Daughters of Change by supporting and connecting the women whose voices are on the platform. So how can people out there listening connect and support you in your efforts and and Unchained and what you're, you know, help get you to that vision? Well, you can go to RamonaStillwagon.com or UnchainedReentry.com. You can go onto the websites, take a look, and kind of just, if you choose to donate, you can, or just share a positive word. You can email me at unchainedreentry at gmail.com just to kind of say some encouraging words. Though I can speak and share encouragement for others, I love encouragement myself. You know, um, you can never get enough of it. So those are always great ways to pour and give back. Well, I'll make sure that the links to uh, both websites and your email are in the show notes. So for people that are, you know, aren't any place where they could take that down right now. It's right there in the show notes. Just look down on your phone or at your computer and you'll find it there. And I also just, I, I want to add something for connecting and supporting Ramona too. Ramona is an unbelievable speaker. So if you're looking for a speaker for your event, whether it's virtual, uh, listen, let me tell you, even virtually, because Ramona comes through big on the screen, like you are not <laughs> like going, no, but I mean, her, your energy, listen, you're, you're attending a virtual event, man, you want somebody with a personality and some charisma. I mean, somebody, people have a lot of really wonderful things to say, but to, to present it in a way that, especially with people sitting in front of a computer, if you want to fill those seats, if you want a message that is phenomenal and a speaker that is going to inspire people and then people are going to thank you for having her there, you call my girl Ramona because she is awesome. So 
Um, and then I know that down the road, just uh, stay tuned because the Breathe um, event will be coming to uh, places near you. And, and Ramona and I are already talking about doing one right here in Maine. So I know. there you How have exciting. it. exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe maybe you would like to work with Ramona on that event, as a, an event like that near you. So I just had to add that in, Ramona, because you. like you were being humble there. But this girl Thank is like, yeah. put her on the <laughs> stage you. and you will not regret it. <laughs> I'm going to be her Thank manager. You. <laughs> you will. Yeah, no, she's going to be great. I'll be your connector. Um, but anyway, I just wanted to add that. So before we, uh, before we sign off, Ramona, any last words? Just be the best versions of yourself and be a woman unchained. That's it. Give every day everything that you have and just know that no matter where you go, what you do, um, there's someone who needs your story. There's someone waiting for you to be unchained so that they can be unchained too. 